So I started listening to that, I believe, on your recommendation. Yeah. And I got about 20 minutes in. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I am Brett. And this is Fools of Tools, a podcast for the limited liter- literate. Liter- literate. 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 Uh, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Brett's having a moment. Uh, so, Al, how, how have you been? What have you been up to recently? Um, so, this weekend was Remembrance Sunday. Yes, it uh, was. In remembrance of the armistice from the First World War. Um, and as a result of that, the scouts have to go to church and uh, take part in a service, um, which involves flag bearing. Uh, and various sort of uh, ceremony, ceremonial things. Um, but as we're the ragtag bunch of um, kind of <laughs> society's uh, dregs and uh, people who've been kicked out of every other scout group and have no money, <laughs> we didn't have any flags or flagpoles. So um, Saturday was spent... Oh, uh, Yorkshire. ...hand-stitching flags with lettering awesome um, badges they look actually really cool um and uh turning and kind of fabricating flagpoles and polishing brass Amazing. And, <laughs> so making basically you need a flag for each section so beavers cubs and scouts yeah and then a general um union flag um, yeah for i don't know jesus or whatever yeah um and yeah but it turned out treat and as a result the whole congregation that was just mostly old people because it's church yeah um Absolutely loved it. They were just like buzzing off the kids, and oh, it's so nice to see kids out of a house and not playing on <laughs> Nintendos. And uh, and then, like off the back of that as well, the church was like, "Do you want some cash?" <laughs> it's like, "Yes, fuck yeah, we want some cash." I need to buy a fucking soldering iron. Um, so yeah, so it was all worth it in the end. Yeah, uh, hey. because now the the place where we have scouts, which is this church, which we pay them. To yeah. run scouts at the church, have now turned around and goes, "Do you want some money to help with scouts? Because you, oh, that's a good, nice. a good pillar of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice, nice. That's really good to hear, man. Mm. Um, cool. Uh, Brett, what about you? I have been working diligently on the Fools of Tools treasure trade Ooh. giftings, which is coming up really soon. <clears throat> and I'll say, uh, amidst working on the house. Uh, because I got HVAC installed earlier nice. in the week, which is super nice. Uh, our friend Josh, who owns an HVAC company, uh, helped me out and got all of that done. So now I have heating and cooling in the place. <clears throat> but I've been jumping back and forth between going over and working on the property and then the treasure trade thing, which I'm not going to say I bit off more than I can chew. <clears throat> but... Let's call it overachieving and maybe biting off a little bit more than I could chew. Uh, I definitely came up with an idea and now I'm so stuck on this one aspect of the idea working that I I cannot move forward on anything else until I get that damn thing sorted out. And I don't think it's it's not going to give anything away, but I, I posted that little story of the latch mechanism that I made out of popsicle sticks, which was absolutely 100% just like a Jimmy thing you know that i was like okay i've seen jimmy do this before he cuts it out of brass i'll try the same thing um worked great 
works great with popsicle sticks because there's like a little bit of movement, like nothing really matters if it lines yeah. up perfectly. Convert that over to steel. Um, Bind. And, <laughs> yeah. It's two days in a row where I've had that defeated feeling where it's like, well, I definitely worked for six hours on this thing today. And by golly, I don't have anything to show for it. <laughs> so I think I sorted out the last couple of little changes that I need to make for the little latch mechanism thing to work. Um, and hopefully just blast forward because the rest of it is stuff that I've done before and I, I should be able to move through it. So yeah. just getting excited to progress past that point and, and feel like I'm actually getting something completed so that I can send it out in six days. <laughs> and other than that, I have to prepare to do the Making Our Way podcast tonight with Twisted Twine, who's a good friend of ours, and um, a couple other hosts. I don't know, they, they sometimes have differing hosts, but Austin from High Caliber Craftsman and Dean Duplantis. So I'll be doing that tonight, pulling a Steve and doing multiple podcasts in one day. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm loyal. <laughs> no, you're just too well, fucking busy. Fun. No one can get hold of you. That's the problem. Yeah, no, no one, one wants me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I think um, I'm actually going to work with Josh, HVAC guy, and we're going to make some very tasteful coverings for the interior and exterior units of the HVAC system because they are plastic eyesores and we want to see if we can make them look a little bit better, make them serve a little bit of function. Um, and then I get to start on the hot water heater situation, which is going to be new for me running plumbing and whatnot. But those are like the last two big things is this HVAC and uh, hot water. After that, it's it's kind of like cosmetics and things. Nice, yeah. Who was the um, the other guy on the podcast, Brett? Not Twisted Twine. Austin from High one. Caliber and High Caliber, sorry, High Caliber Craftsman and Dean Duplantis. Oh, um, I've read a book about him. Did you? Yeah, he's um, Emperor Palpatine's master. <laughs> Fuck. Man, that joke took the long oh, way around. Oh my god! <laughs> I uh... anyway, uh, yes, Steve, my has what have you been up to? Thank you, uh, fucking idiot. Uh, what have I been up to? I've I've had quite a, a busy few weeks. Um, we're obviously lots of uh, shit going on with the, the workshop, getting everything ready. Um, we got the the new pots in for the new pan range that. Uh, Al, you got to test out the very first prototype. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got the rest of them in. Um, uh, we've changed the the medium pots slightly. From Too tall. Got... Yeah, so it's now shorter. Um, and yeah, it, it's just been fun playing around with that. We've done a load of uh, a load of like experimenting bits. Uh, obviously, been working on the treasure trade as well. Um, mm. Mine is the kind of like the forging side of it's done. Now it's the side of it that actually requires some like thought and effort <laughs> and yeah like the, the the stuff that i'm not quite so good at uh mm. all comes up now but i'm quite looking forward to that um gonna be doing a little bit of woodworking a little bit of 
sewing as well, uh, which I'm quite excited about because I'm hey, make sure you leave a quarter inch for seam allowance or obviously just pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I also, um, my sister, uh, has been wanting to get a tattoo for many years. And I have always said to her, like, yeah, if, I'll, I'll quite happily go and hold your hand. I'll, I'll recommend a good tattooist and all of that. Um, but a little while back, I kind of like, not actually jokingly, but like not thinking that she'd actually want to do it, said we should get joint tattoos. Um, she agreed. She was expecting to get a little like quarter spliff. dollar. Yeah, <laughs> a little spliff. Uh, joint uh, tattoos. <laughs> I was waiting for the joke. Now um, I was going to take the long way around. Uh, but yeah, she wanted to get like quite small, like the size of an old 50p piece sort of thing. I think that's what she had in mind. Uh, and uh... you know, Brett, not the current 50p <laughs> yeah, piece, yeah. the old 50p piece. Yeah. I it was I I was trying to think of like a silver dollar, but I couldn't think with a bomb of a cake silver on the back. dollar. Yeah, mm. fucking bomb cake. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, but yeah, as it turned out, we ended up getting massive. I say massive, like quite large tattoos of uh, Tinkerbell. So I now have Tinkerbell on my leg and it's fucking that brilliant. I love it. Amazing. Yes. Um, I want to see it. Uh, I want to see it. I, I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> you got it. Come on. <laughs> this is for the listeners only. Oh, oh my God. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Tinkerbell on a tattoo. On a tattoo? On an anchor. For all the listeners, just know yeah. that that was very high up on Steve's uh, <laughs> groinal thigh area. And the best it is, is like the only time it's ever on display is when I'm on the leg press and my shorts kind of like ride up my thighs. So that's the only time anyone's gonna ever, ever going to see it. And I really want someone to say like jokingly be like, uh, you've got a fairy on your leg. I'm like, look at what I'm doing at the moment. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so uh did that. That was really good fun. Um, and because I've been doing lots of stuff in the pan room, I've obviously been going through loads and loads of audiobooks. If anyone has any decent audiobook recommendations, please let me know because I've been re-listening to the same like handful of books over and over and over again. Yeah. I've I've, I've I listened to, to the... Ready Player One again. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've honestly listened to the Bobiverse series uh like eight times now. It's ridiculous. Um I really want that that next novel that next one to come out. Um and one of the books I recommended a little while ago was an absolutely remarkable thing and a beautiful, beautifully foolish endeavor. And as Al has just pointed out, it's worth waiting through the first, like pushing through the first hour or so, because uh, it, it it might not sound great at first, but once you it get into good. it, yeah, it, it does get good. Um, but yeah, on that listen through, one of the lines that came up in A Beautiful Foolish Endeavor was limitations are fine as long as you understand them, um, which in like in the context of the books makes sense but i just thought it was a really nice um line a really nice quote and it's it's quite a an interesting topic i think because far too many people i know obviously we've talked about like using your limitations to your advantage but i think far too many people um uh get kind of held up by this idea of like oh i can't do that because i don't have this tool or i don't have that skill or i i you know, I've I've only ever picked up a hammer once before, sort of thing. Um, and I think as long as you know what you can and can't do, then it's and you understand what those limitations are and how that applies to you. Um, I think they're like I said, they're fine. Um, I and mean, it's like with uh, 
regards to the maker community, you don't have to be, um, this also ties into the, the two thirds focused podcast. They were talking about specialization and they were talking about like being masters of, of stuff and things like that. And I think one of the things that people forget, and especially I say people, I mean, assholes in the, the comment section is you don't have to be an absolute expert to, to make a video of you doing something. So, you know, you can, you can go on and you can make a video of you creating a project or doing a project. And as long, as long as you're not pretending to be a master, then I think that's fine. And you know, it, it's actually quite valuable to, to see someone else who's going through a learning process. Like one, one of the things I love about Al's videos, um, uh, is when he's actually doing like the, the narration over him as well is the fact that he'll quite often say like i've never done this before so i did it like this but halfway through i realized that actually doing it like this is a much better idea mm -hmm. um and you know if you've i like brett when you first started doing the the blacksmithing stuff like it was you were doing um videos of that and there was there was no this is the way that it's done it's just I've just started doing this and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm going to share it with you. And I think that's, that's great. And it, it helps other people go, oh, well, you know, I've, I've got access to a few tools that are there. I can, I can totally do this project as well, mm -hmm. or I can come up with a way of doing it. Like the, um, the, uh, the big sword that you had to heat treat in the, the wood fire uh, yeah. wood oven stove yeah. thing. Um, like showing people that, you know, with a little bit of imagination, you, you're not limited by, uh, not having this huge heat treating oven or you just have to be a bit creative with it. Um, and even down to teaching, like I am not, I was gonna say, I'm not the best blacksmith. Well, I'm, I'm not even a particularly good blacksmith, but I'm a good teacher. Um, so yes, I'm limited by my own skills and my own abilities with the blacksmithing, but I can still teach. And I think, again, it's about being, um, being honest about it. Like if, if I'm teaching a class and someone asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, I'm not going to go, oh yeah, well you need to do this thing because you've done it wrong. Or I'm not going to take over and, and just like hash it out and try and fix it myself without really telling them. I'm going to say, actually, you know what? That's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out together or let's experiment together and let's figure it out. Or even, I really don't know. Uh, I'm going to ring Joe and find out. Like <laughs> it's yeah. I think being being aware of them is a really. I think it's a good thing to be aware of your limitations as well. I think just building on the the sort of the teaching bit and the specifically the limitations part. Um, I've been doing electronics with the the, the scouts lately. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm assuming that's what the soldering arm is about. They they don't know anything about electronics like at all. Yeah. Like to embarrassing level. Like what switches or what a bulb is or anything um and couldn't even like identify things in their house which had electronics in them mm. and, like mm. everything you touch on a daily basis <laughs> and yeah probably spend most of your time all day every day um and so instead of trying to teach them like fundamentally everything about electronic principles and you know mm. the reasons why this and this and this and you've got you know a dozen of them screaming at you it's what i find a really helpful way to get across the message is the limitation like where's the edge like why can't i do this why can't i do that why can't i do that um because it'll explode because you'll kill yourself 
yeah. because it'll burn it, because it'll break it. And then the second they know where the edge is and where that the, the limitation of that thing is, you know, how, what can I do up to the point where I've destroyed it? Mm-hmm. Right, then we'll work back from there. If you just talk to them about the simple things and the nuances, it's just lost on them. It's not they're not passionate about it, but they yeah. understand extremes. Yeah. So that that idea of limitation, and I think you 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 always used it, Steve, when when you were teaching us blacksmithing principles, was like this is the extreme of heat. Yeah. You know, it's burned. Or this yeah. is the extreme of cold. You've cracked it. Mm-hmm. As in, it now has fissures. Not you, you've, <laughs> not you've nailed it. Yeah. Um, and and that that is super helpful for, for especially for for newcomers is to know the the extremes of those limitations. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you because you, you, what you're doing then is you kind of you you you're painting out the playing field. You know, yeah. for once for one of a sports metaphor. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Al, I'm sure you deal with this a lot uh, in a similar fashion with the design work, but typically when I would send um, like proofs around to people or uh, do pitches, I'd very often go for like the most conservative draw up or design and then go to the absolute extreme just to show people where the start and end point were. You know, I want to be able to show you how far we can take it before things completely break down. Like, this is an unrecognizable logo, doesn't have anything to do with your colors anymore. And also it's made out of, you know, garbage and scrap metal that I've put together to make your logo. It's it's by showing people that end line, yeah. same capacity. I want to know from Steve when I was learning more about uh, coal and coal forging, it's like, how far can I push it? Well, how do I control that? Okay. And then once he was able to, uh, when we were in the forge that first time when we, we were working with Coke, like I had used the anthracite stuff and then I'd yeah. used the blacksmithing coal or whatever. And I was getting into these nuanced moments of like, yeah. oh, but the, I can get this. It takes a million hours for me to get anthracite going. But yeah. once it's going, it's so great. Those were all minutiae that didn't yeah. really matter because the principles that Steve eventually dialed in once I got over there was like heat control, color, yeah. understanding how the steel is going to be working within that heat zone. It doesn't matter what fuel I was using. I was focusing way too much on that and not on the actual extremes or limitations of things. I I felt like I was limited by only having anthracite available to me. Remember <laughs> yeah. we were having that conversation. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 no. You should be focusing on the fact that you don't even have a hammer, like a proper yeah. hammer <laughs> yeah. to be doing what you should be doing. Um, and it was extremely helpful, right? I, I was able to understand what my real limitations were yeah. and then how to better proceed based on that knowledge rather than the, the unnecessary details. Yeah. Cause I think like, so uh, there's, there's two things there. Like there's the perceived limitations, which I think is a really interesting thing. I kind of like to loop back to that in a minute. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that, but the, the one that I was thinking when you were saying it is the, the limitations of the material. So, you know, it's again with, um, with something like, uh, the, the treasure trade, I'm going to be using material that I have either never used before, or I have very limited experience with. And, um, as, as much as I hate the fact that I was agreeing with Rasmus quite a lot today, um, you, I know, uh, he did actually make a couple of good, um, points on on the podcast he was talking about the fact that he um he will go to like if he's got a project where 
you know, it's undefined as to what the material he needs to use is, he will always go to steel. And I'm very much the same. I will always go to metal over wood because I understand the limitations of metal. I know what I can and can't do. I know how structurally sound it will be at, you know, at this thickness at that, in this shape or whatever. Whereas with wood, I would love to be able to do more with wood, but I don't understand the limitations of the material itself because I've never played around with it that much. Um, and yeah, you know, the fact that different types of wood have different limitations, um, much the same as obviously different types of, of steel have different limitations and, um, and all of that. But I think understanding the, the limitations of your material as well is something that's, that again, it's fine. Like it, it's fine to only ever use uh like uh big box store pine or like construction lumber or whatever mm -hmm. if you understand what you're limited to or pallet wood for for example like if you're if you understand what limitations you have with that because you can work around those limitations then rather than just going i want to build a really nice chopping board i'm going to make out of this two by four i got from b and q and then not understanding why it's jaggedy and fucked and after two uses it's completely destroyed sort of thing so yeah i think understanding limitations of um of materials is a good one as well mm. it, yes totally agree however that is also when interesting innovation comes about mm. like you look at the, the the guy a few years back who was taking all the um lignum out of wood to make like transparent yeah. wood oh yes and it's like once you know the limitations, it's almost then 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 there's the license to push it even further and go, right, fuck, what's stopping me from taking wood further, for instance, or what's stopping steel from being the perfect material? You know, science fiction, you've got like aluminium windows. Yeah. Like, don't quite know how they're gonna do it yet, but you know, the, yeah, that is the, the 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 trajectory if you if you understand the limitations and then have the the balls and the audacity to try and to try and push them. Mm. Yeah, mm. that just makes me think of Zaner Knight, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like mean... what are the limitations of what this uh, paper thin material can do? Right, once we get to that point, sorry, I'm making a reference to the book that Steve uh, spiffed a while back, Project Hail Mary. But uh, the main character ends up dealing with a material he's never seen before, which is has all of the properties of something that should be heavier and more dense and all of these uh i don't know for for all intents and purposes this stuff should not function the way that it does for how thin it is it's extremely sound and i i love listening to science fiction things like that because it doesn't seem like it's too far off yeah. but mm. also we're we're like within the realm of the physics that we know and and the scientific principles that we know that say you know you can't go so thin because then the molecules don't matter and then everything breaks down it's like well but what if <laughs> what if we were able to create a material that was as strong as titanium but like one pixel wide yeah. <laughs> right? like, well nano carbon nanotubes i mean that, uh, that yeah that is most conversations now it's like yeah yeah sure we can build space out of the layers we just need to nail carbon nanotubes yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we're laughing yeah um yeah, uh, yeah and uh, it's funny today i was actually doing what we call in the branding world a toolkit which is basically like a delivery of assets to a client so like mm -hmm, yeah. logo fonts colors everything that they need to then go off and make stuff because yeah like 
in, in my agency, we don't actually often make all the stuff. Yeah. You know, we come up with the ideas, we come up with the creative, but I ain't typing out every Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we tend to just deliver a toolkit. Yeah. And it's basically, it's literally a, a folder full of files. Yeah. And more often than not, a, a, a little document that explains how to use it. Hmm. Now, it isn't a book telling you how to design because yeah. that's 10 years worth of experience and practice <laughs> and expertise and you know yeah. knowledge and learning. Um, it's here's one extreme, here's the other. Yeah. Here's some things to do in between and here's some inspiration. Yeah. Like here, here's I, the colors you should use. Here's the fonts you should use. Here's, yeah. yeah. And, and, and some, some little thought starters and some little um, provocative kind of um, examples to make you go, oh, I could do it like this. I could do it like this. Don't do this. Yeah. Not to the point where you haven't to spell it out and it's paint by numbers, because again, I might as well be doing that for you. Yeah. You you need to have that sort of creative scope within the boundaries. It, it's otherwise a no, no one you know yeah, it's a framework. No one's gonna learn. Yeah. Um, but they're they it when you don't deliver those rules, you instantly find out what, what the what the problem is and what and it's happening right now with one of my clients. So I've been I've been giving them stupidly assets as, as i've been going because oh we need yeah. we need this we need the logo we need to i need to get the website up and running yeah and you turn your back for two seconds you come back and it's like what are you doing why have you done that yeah. as well you haven't given me any rules yet <laughs> yeah it's like, but even in my wildest imagination i never would have done that with them <laughs> which is is part charming i quite like yeah. that it's that it's that um naivety and the, the power of, of of ignorance yeah where you could you could do something really cool nine times yeah. out of ten you do something really shit so yeah. you you have to have that framework, but it's not it's not the rule book. It's not like um, I'm trying to think of like a, a massive tome of like every single possible rule that you need. You know, like the, <laughs> the rules of NFL page yeah. one. <laughs> you know, like, that would be fucking dry as fuck. Um, yeah, but but those there's those indicative it's more kind of like, examples. Uh, I was trying to think of the parts of the Caribbean quote. Then uh, was it? Uh, sort of the problem is not the problem. No, it's uh, about the problem. It's uh, it's it's less rules. It's it's more kind of guidelines. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 the pirates' yeah. code. Yeah, but um, but you you almost you almost need the hilarity in there, and you need the extreme. Like I do it when I'm talking yeah. to people. Like I, I will use the extreme example to try and prove a point. Really, you've never done that. Otherwise, 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 people either think you're being serious or not serious. Yeah, it's like no, no. I'm saying this sarcastically so you understand the gravitas of the situation. <laughs> like, do you get it? Right, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But but that's the thing is I think because of um be, because people don't always think like that. They don't always think in the extremes. So they don't realize what those limitations are, but the kind of actually looping back around to the the thing I was going to talk about earlier, like the the opposite of that is true as well. Like quite often you'll find that people have these perceived limitations of of what they can and can't do whether that's based on their their skill on the material like i am again with with wood i'm so bad at using wood because i don't actually know how strong it is I, I'm, I don't trust it i don't don't do this so i over engineer everything that i make with wood it's always like three inches thick and has like 12 foot fucking nails going through it because i don't know and i'm like i'm just gonna over engineer this just so i know it's okay um but I think that people have a habit of doing that with um, with themselves as well. Like if you put someone in an extreme situation, they 
they will go far beyond what they perceive their limitations to be. Um, and it's a lot of it is because um, that people have these these fears and things. And I think that's a lot of what confidence is. Um, it comes from, um, sorry, Murphy's drinking really loudly and it's really distracting. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of these like, like perceived limita limitations. I mean, the the best example I can think of, like the the one that comes to to mind for me, is the amount of times that I've um, I've been training with someone in the gym and they have gone oh yeah no i can't lift more than x amount i can't i can't do it i can't do it i'm like oh, okay oh, yeah that's fine i'll i'll load that much up on the bar then and secretly snuck in like an extra couple of five kilo plates or something like that and um and said oh yeah this is this is 10 kilos less than what you normally do so don't don't worry about it and um and they're like oh, okay cool and they just knock out those those reps like they wouldn't like like it was nothing you kind of point out like actually that was that was 15 kilos more than you normally lift what and a lot like so much of it is um is in a, in your head and it's so much of it is is getting in your own like we we are very bad at getting in our own way um and i think that's true with uh, a lot of skills and things like that like the when when i first started doing the riveting um i because i didn't think that i had the control over it because of how shaky my hands are it took me a really long time to actually get good at it. And what I ended up having to do is basically get distracted whilst I was doing it. So I wasn't thinking about that. I was just doing it as a, as a muscle memory thing, rather than thinking about, I've got to make sure I'm holding it like this. I've got to make sure I'm holding it like that. Um, the same with like heading the nails and things like that. If you overthink it, um, because you think you have these, these limitations on based on scale or, power or whatever um i think you can end up damaging your your ability to to complete a task or to to make a thing or, or do whatever because you're you're imposing restrictions on yourself rather than having the restrictions that are actually there does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah the perceived perceived <laughs> limits i know that's kind of what you're oh. harping on right now Shut the fuck up. um I feel like it goes it goes hand in hand in the in the art world, um, and not to take it back to <clears throat> your job necessarily, Al. But I I remember coming up through university and then my first couple of jobs doing design work and and more creative work. It was always interesting to have those conversations with either team members or clients, where yeah. you go, "Oh, why are you why are you restricting yourself to the?" the pixel ratio of your computer screen you know we could blow this up if we do it right and it could be on a billboard somewhere and, and look yeah. really really nice and you start to widen their scope right and why are you limiting yourself to these three colors well we just think they work really well well yeah that's why everybody uses them what could we do outside of that color palette or what could we do uh when it came to um teammates of mine it would be why do you immediately jump to the computer? Oh, because it's a safe place or it's comfortable to go into Illustrator or Photoshop or something like that. Well, you ever thought about actually just like making those textures that you want, that you're having trouble finding, just go spray paint a piece of paper and then scan it. And then you'll end up with a texture that's never existed, right? And it's not on Google image search. And the the scope gets widened just a little bit each time. Yeah. And then people start to pick up more and more of these almost like what you're saying with the lifting, Steve, 
it's like, yeah, but I just gave you another little, another little bump outwards, right? A little yeah. bit more weight. I just made you realize that there was more to that limitation. Um, or at least the fence has gotten a little further away. Mm. So the white sheet of paper that I know I always talk about sitting down in front of the white sheet of paper. <clears throat> if you take a standard sheet of eight and a half by 11 for us people, standard piece of white paper and a pencil and you go right make be a creative be make a thing draw an image or something you're immediately sucked into this little border right of the sheet of paper and then the tool that you have in your hand and i think it's one of my favorite things that i would always see jimmy do is he would just start drawing on that but it's like his brain never saw the border <laughs> So he would start yeah. drawing and then realize that he was missing drawing space out to the right. So he would just spray adhesive another piece of paper over there. And then he, you could watch him in real time build out his limitation, right? Like push yeah. the fences further away. And by the end of it, you have six sheets of paper that were all kind of glued together. And then you cut it out and be like, right. So the ability to see outside of those limitations or at least know what the borders are. I feel like gave gave him a really unique approach to um, designing and, and drawing sketches. Yeah. But I feel like that's a really hard thing to translate into more practical things, like either when you're physically making or say in the in the forge, Steve, if you're there and you go, oh, I want to make a knife and you, you are given a piece of steel this big. Mm. there are limitations to that. Like you can only stretch it out so much. You can only do so much to it before it'll yeah. like get destroyed or paper thin. But, but what if, what if I just gave you a piece of steel that was like a little bit thicker? Okay. Or a little bit oblong or, or a piece of scrap steel that was a leaf spring, you know, like you, you yeah. start to find what, let's say your, your borders get a little bit blurrier every time you start to realize what's outside of them. I think, I think the, again, the important part for me there is understanding what, not understanding where the limitations are, but understanding why they're there. Ah, so yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it got me thinking of, um, driving down Steve to, um, for the book launch mm. and I was driving over the pass and it was super windy. And when I went over a certain, I think when, when I went over 70, the wind would basically blow me across the highway. Yeah. If I went under 70, it was fine. And it was like understanding that there's reasons why you <laughs> the vehicle can go a certain speed without it being dangerous. Yeah. Not just like, because the sign said so, <laughs> you know, yeah. the sign said so is of no value to me. Like that's just, it, it's an arbitrary number. It could be anything. Yeah. But if, if there was a sign saying, if you go faster than this, your, your car will get blown over. <laughs> that would be a much more valuable uh, limitation yeah. for me to understand. Yeah, and I think I think that's a lot of the problem when you set limitations to people is that they don't really appreciate the why. Yeah, it's often just oh rules, rules, rules. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, like, no, no, no. To Brett's point, you literally can't stretch the metal any further. Yeah, <laughs> and if I give you a thicker bit of metal, it's not just double. It's you know it's three dimensional objects, so the the volume yeah. is you know it, and that that is the bit that needs needs to be considered. Yeah, and the bits in between is just experimentation and learning. But that 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 penny dropping moment of going, oh fuck, that's the limitation. Yeah, I do. You guys remember uh, me talking about the game theory 
stuff with Wyatt Sinek. So this is the um, Simon Sinek, Wyatt Sinek. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the answering the why, right, is is the most important part of that little target that he draws up where it's not about the thing that you're making. It's not about the product that Apple was making. It was the why. Why does it need to exist? What's the purpose of it? Um, and I know I'm kind of glossing over a lot of the details, but <clears throat> that's become such an important aspect of everything I've done over the last couple of years, especially, let's say, especially in the last year or so. It's mm. why, why do I have a limitation here? Or why am I being told to use this thing? Is that actually because it's a rule or an edge, an actual edge that I can't go past? Yeah. Or is it... <laughs> like the pirates thing that you're referencing is more of a guideline, right? Yeah. Am I, am I just meant to play within this? So uh, let's say for safety, like, Oh, we don't really want you going too far because you, you could get hurt if you go too far outside. Yeah. But um, you know, putting the, putting the paneling on, on the outside of my little place and replacing it because they were rotten out. The paneling is kind of cheap, like bottom tier of what you can get for exterior paneling in mm. the States. And they pretty much say, like, put construction adhesive on your studs and then staple it. Yeah. Just with a nice stapler because it's MDF on one side and then just kind of a pressed texture on the other. Um, and I know, I know that it's like those are the suggested methods of hanging this material. Is there a problem if I use screws? Like what's yeah. what's actually stopping me from drilling effectively pilot holes, you know, so that I don't crack all the OSB out, but like what's the real issue? And then somebody it was either Jess or or somebody that I was chatting with that was like, "Oh, no, no, screws are just more difficult if you have to take them down." Yeah. Like you just have to undo all the screws and it takes longer. And I was like, "Well, who fucking cares? It's my place." And it's very small, so I have substantially less screws if I need to remove those things. <laughs> and so, not that it's like groundbreaking, but I have a bunch of screws in the exterior of my house now because they fucking work better than nails. Yeah. At least out here, when everything gets baked and just the nails just rip out, the screws hold, and they're hmm. great. And I love the Spax brand screws for a reason because I their limitations are less than the other screws that I've used. So I, even these small little details, I'm sorry I'm just harping about this like, very minute thing, but fucking exterior panels. And like knowing that those were... Buildings made of stone. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's the future, Al. You're talking yeah. future talk. I mean, but just just this generic this generic approach of what I removed, which was stapled on construction adhesive paneling, and being like, was that the edge? Did somebody say don't do anything outside that or beyond that? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I think like to to kind of tie up both both the points that you just made, like I, with um with this, like the original quote was exactly that limitations are fine as long as you understand them. Um, and I think I'll put it really fucking well, to be fair. Um, Gross. and it's, it is, it, it's about knowing why it's understanding why that's a limitation. I mean, I, I talk about this so much, um, when I'm having these kind of conversations, like understanding why is so fucking important. 
um that's why when you know when uh when i'm teaching i will burn a piece of steel and i will show the students what it looks like and how it reacts afterwards and explain you know if you burn it this is what happens if you burn high carbon this is what happens if you hit steel when it's too uh cold this is what happens because understanding why means that you can you know you you can you can nudge up to that that the edge of that limitation you can you can go a little bit colder than you think you should or a little bit hotter than you think you should but you know what happens if you go over it so if you see that that start happening you can go okay i know that was a little bit too close i'll i'll back off a bit um so yeah i think having having knowledge of of why and like like the quote says understanding uh, understanding those limitations is super fucking important because that's why those limitations are, are there. Like there's, there's a reason those limitations are there. And if you don't understand why they're there, then, then you shouldn't adhere to them. Well, I say you shouldn't <laughs> adhere to them, but, but you know, it, it's hard to adhere to something that you don't understand the reasoning. Well, then, then, you're, then you're like blindly following rules and that's the yeah. worst thing you could do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you're not even like accountable then. Yeah. So I was just doing what the sign said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that, that basically that quote says it all. Like limitations are fine as long as you understand them because understanding is spiffing. Yeah. Uh, Al, what's the order? It's bizarre. Bizarre. Uh, which means, Brett, you are first. Yeah. We. So if anybody's got a Netflix description, this is going to be geared towards them. Um, but feel free to do your research. So there is one video game that I <clears throat> have probably mentioned a couple of times before. I know I talked to Rasmus about it. It's called League of Legends. It's a free game that me and my friends have been playing for years and years and years and it's kind of the way we keep up with each other it's our little pub nights of hang out yeah. and, and get on a chat but they produced a tv show or a netflix show in uh i don't know how many parts it's going to be now but it's based around the lore and the characters that everybody that plays the video game knows but this is them kind of taking the leap into real media because the, the game is a game, right? It's just a bunch of goofy champions and you'll fight each other and blah, blah, blah. This show is dark and atmospheric and uh, I would say more mature just because of some of the violence and the verbiage that certain people use. It's animated very similar to Into the Spider-Verse, like that style of animation where it's kind of painterly, but clearly three-dimensionally rendered is gorgeous and yeah i'm probably a little biased because i've been playing the game but it's good it's really good and not that numbers really mean a whole lot but if you google any kind of articles on how the show's doing it's kind of dumbfounding that this video game show has got critics and viewers on Rotten Tomatoes giving it extremely high ratings. Um, and oh, I don't know. Again, probably a little biased, but it's good. Do you play it more or less than Raid Shadow Legends? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
Is this where we do the ad break <laughs> for the sponsors? Yeah. <clears throat> this week's episode is brought. Um, actually, joking aside, is Rasmus in it? Because I was almost tempted to watch the documentary in case Rasmus popped up <laughs> in his like uh, commentary or anything. Oh God. I didn't even know. I don't. I, I don't, I don't really know how involved it. he is with the community. Or if he's no, like, I'm pretty right. sure he was just doing the the like sit in announcer thing. This oh, is okay. genuinely like the creative department and oh, the right, natural makers, right? Yeah, they uh, they did a really really great job. I would say just stylistically, and then like the story that they're creating, which does not exist in the game. Like, there's yeah. a little bit of backstory that they always put on these characters of like, hey, they're a uh, person that grew up in a town and now they're here to take on the other champions and like that's it just boilerplate you know generic stuff what they've done in this show is i think genuinely impressive um not sure if anybody else plays the game but even if you don't i have uh billiam billiam messaged me and was like have you watched arcane i was like yeah it's really good and then i made a video game reference about the game and he Missed it completely. So <laughs> clearly you don't have to play the game to actually enjoy the show, but it's called Arcane. It's on Netflix. Um, I really enjoy it as like a new nice. piece of media that I happen to have a little bit of a history with the, the story of, but it's yeah. it's very well done. Side spiff. I don't know if it's in the States, but I think you can play games now on Netflix if you've got a Netflix subscription. No. Really? Yeah. So like on smart TVs and consoles and stuff, I think there's now a... a section of netflix which is games so i'm assuming that that blurred boundary between yeah um sort of tv and video and movies and games is, is going to get even more they're dimensional i i think this might be a step even if this doesn't end up being the thing that breaks the camel's back hmm. yeah i think this is going to be a really good example going forward for let's say the mario movement movie that got announced that everybody got really upset about yeah but it's it's this idea of how do you take something that is its own media conglomerate aka just video games in general right billion multi-billion dollar revenue streams across the board and then you try and these production companies try and turn them into a show to get more out of the out of the audience and money but it very often fails i feel like this whatever the hell they did to crack the code is like, wow, everybody that plays the game loves this and you made it enjoyable for everybody else. How'd you do that? (laughs) There were, there were 700,000 people. They get, they had a streaming counter, the premiere night. I I was sitting with my friends and we were watching it. There's 700,000 people on Twitch watching it when it premiered. That's crazy banana pants numbers. And that was just the first episode. I guess it's still doing well. Anyway, yeah. give Thanks. it give it a watch sometime, fellas. Honestly, to you too. I think I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yes. I think it's pretty well done. Do, do you have to have played the game? Absolutely not. Right, sweet. I, have I actually it, like, said once, that twice I when I was explaining it, so it's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say I've I've got a few friends that have played it, but I I never actually got that into it um, <laughs> it's like way too much to dive into yeah yeah and the thing is is like the, the friends that i had that were into it were like they were already streaming and having like quite big numbers of people that were watching them so every time i tried talking about it, like oh yeah because you've got so-and-so with the thing and the thing and the stuff and i'm like i what no okay <laughs> just gonna go back to playing pong there you um, go but yeah no uh good good uh, new media just yeah check it out i am um, uh I, i'm gonna 
I've actually changed my spiff. I was going to do a respiff, uh, but I've changed my spiff because um, when I was living with Ben, he introduced me to a uh, a fun little YouTube series on. I think it's mostly on the Vice channel or Munchie channel or something. Um, but basically, there's an American rapper called Action Bronson who I have no idea what his music's like. I've never listened to it, but he did a like a web show called Fuck That's Delicious. And it's basically this big American rapper and his his mates going around. And they started off with just going around New York and just eating food. Not like the fanciest of fancy restaurants, just like going into a bodega and getting like good food and just talking about food. And like it's it's not uh like high class food, but it just it the way that they talk about it and how excited they get about what they're eating uh is it's just nice and it makes me excited about food and it makes me want to go out and eat all of the things and travel around and and go and check out those kind of the like do you ever find going to uh, a new city or a new country or whatever like yes there's the big fancy restaurants but i kind of like going to like the little local place that only the locals know about which i, I realize is so that's such a hipster thing to say. Yeah, I was gonna say so cliche and so hipster, but like they're always really good places with really good food, and yeah, and like the 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 character, the characters that you get to meet in those little places, and I like I think of that because I think of the amount of times that I've been in like a little um, country pub where like the pub that I used to work in with Ted that used to sit at the bar and drink his body weight in Newcastle Brown and smoke 40 fags in 20 minutes sort of thing. Like it, like getting to meet interesting people like that is what I like about um, those kind of places. But yeah, uh, the show itself is just, it's just good fun. That's, that's all it's enjoyable and it involves food um, in a very unpretentious way. So yeah. Uh, fuck that's delicious or just search action Bronson food videos. Um, it's good it's good fun i've not i've not seen all of them but the ones i've seen were, were good so yeah that's me uh al what about you who would you like i would like to spiff a equally furry gentleman on Ooh. youtube who i cannot believe i've never come across before and it was just one of those youtube youtube recommendations and now i am hooked and that is randy feltface who is yes an australian yes. puppet comedian i don't oh, mean yeah. fucking a, yeah a, he's a puppeteer it's just yeah. the puppet on stage yeah. yeah and it's amazing um so funny. i just i love him i love his mannerisms i love his stories yeah. um it obviously would not be anywhere near as funny if it was just a g- generic man stand-up yeah. comedian the fact that he's a puppet is like half of the <laughs> the gig um mainly because he he like obviously can't see the audience yeah. <laughs> or, or has I, any expressions or eyelids or anything. It's really funny. I was just about to say, did you, did you see the one that I, yes. I said about? Yeah. <laughs> so good. The, so just like I think puppet. the couch, couch delivery story. Yes. Or whatever was, that was the amazing. one that absolutely. Oh, their bookcase. Or the, the bookcase. bookcase on, yes. On, on yes. Craigslist. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Randy Feltface, his latest, um, tour is called purple privilege and it's just amazing it was li- i think it literally came out last night uh, oh, so the 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 stream full like hour-long set is on the on his youtube channel now oh awesome I'm stay away from the one where it's like a duo there's like him and someone else it's not really yeah funny. That um, was a bit shit. just him on stage is amazing mm-hmm. um 
good. I'm literally putting that into Google now because I want to watch it. Um, yeah, really good shout. Um, oh, yes, that is. Oh, it's an hour long, two days ago. Brilliant. Uh, is there any other business? Trade, stay on it. What I you both said stuff. I I heard Brett say treasure trade, and then you said something. Yeah, all I said yeah. was to get. Yeah, the no, thing you done. said yeah, you said treasure trade, and then Al said something. I said yeah. I've got a tiny bit of yeah. any other business. Um, yeah. just it's more of a life hack really than anything. Um, the words either and neither are two different words with different fucking meanings. Please use them accordingly. What about neither and neither? This just pronunciation. <laughs> What about uh, than and then? Again, different words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought they were interchangeable. The, 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 the easy, the easy thing from... to remember about either and neither, they're the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I have so many questions. Um, everyone, everyone on fucking planet Earth says either instead of neither, and it drives me up the wall. Stop doing it. I don't like aubergines. Me either. No, that doesn't mean anything. Stop no. saying it. Who who would say that? Everyone. Now really? now you know, you'll notice it every time, and it will go oh, on the wall. <laughs> fuck's sakes! It's Sorry. gonna be another pet. Apologies in advance, yeah. fucker. Um, uh, was that, was that it? Was that your? That was it. Yeah, just it's, just a, it's, a, it's a pro tip, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Um, right. Uh, in which case. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us in all the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Oh, I had something for this. <laughs> uh, and if you want to find us as a group collectively, we are obviously Fools with Tools or FWT Podcast in places. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, so until next week, we'll see you then. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.